Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode uh, 12. Uh, and, you know, we're happy to be back. I'm your host, uh, Jermaine Colon Mendez, and this is my co-host, Nicholas Morahan. Very happy to be here. Very sore on this Monday. Uh, not only my body, but my wallet as well. Uh, we'll get into that a little later with our UFC 251 uh, review. Uh, we're also we'll also talk about a little bit of uh, our EPL Final Four to our top four uh, table review and uh, predictions. Jermaine and I will give you some uh, some predictions on who we think is going to actually uh, round out the Final Four. And then Jermaine later in the program has a little bit has some NBA questions that I that he desperately needs me to answer. Isn't that right, Jermaine? <laughs> yeah. Desperate for your answer. That's just a few, uh, uh, like, ponderings. I'm just very curious to see how it plays out because I've never really seen anything quite like this. So it should be pretty interesting, to say the least. Uh, can it just be July 30th already? I'm just sick of not having all these sports, man. Yeah, wake me up when July ends. That's that's pretty much where I'm at right now. July July can pretty much fly by right now, and and well, that's not true. That's not true for me. I, I want I want July 23rd to get here. That's next week. Obviously, MLB opening day. That'll be great. Uh, like Jermaine said, that's one of the two. That's one of the events. The two events in baseball that he actually pays attention to. <laughs> opening day, opening day, and then the first day of playoffs. So, uh, whoa, that's some shade right there. It's opening day, and then I the come. Back, game. I come back yeah. around All Star Game, and I lock in at trade deadline. Okay, all right, because <laughs> that's when my, actual baseball starts. My apologies, but let us know. Uh, so, this obviously this is the second episode uh, in which we've switched formats. And uh, let us know what you guys think. So we're podcasting now on Wednesday and Thursdays, and we're going to post on Tuesday and Friday. So just going to more uh, of a twice-a-week approach, more clean-cut. Uh, had those days all wrong. What do you mean? We're, we're recording right now on Monday, and you said we're recording on Wednesdays and Thursdays and posting on Tuesdays and Fridays. I don't know, I don't know why I said that. That's a, that's a Nick Talks out of his ass thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're recording on Tuesday, on on Mondays and Thursdays. Jesus, now you got me thinking to release on Tuesdays and Fridays. Broke but, them, ladies but, and gentlemen. Broke but ultimately, them. but ultimately, let us know what you guys think of the new format. Uh, whether we should go back to the old one or whether you like it the way it is. But without further ado, Jermaine, I'm going to give you the trivia question for today's episode. All right, shoot it. And in honor of the. Uh, Champions League, the UEFA Champions League, posting their uh, round of 16 matchups, their bracket, if you will, uh, which we'll get into a little bit closer towards the start of the uh, round of 16 for the EPL. What team has the most consecutive Champions League group appearances and how many? What team has the most consecutive Champions League group appearances and how many? Jermaine, that's our trivia question for today. So group stage is just the initial drawing, right? They qualified the previous year, and then it's the initial drawing. Yes, that is correct. Okay. And a third question, a triple bonus point, if you can name me when this started, when this run started, and when this run ended. So a triple bonus point for that. 
the only team we care about is Manchester United, so it has to be them. Obviously. False. False. We sure first know of all, not fired. first of all, there were two lies in that. No, it is not Manchester United, and no, it is not the only team that this podcast care about. We care about all international football teams, except for Bayern. That's also not true. All right, Jermaine, take, us, take, us, take us through some news though, from over the weekend. So finally, the Woj bombs have caught up with him. Finally. <laughs> he just uh, ever so eloquently hit that little FU response to the senator, Senator Howley, and now he is suspended. And it's Sen- prompted a Twitter campaign of free Woj. Senator Senator Halley sent back a no fuck you. <laughs> Got him. And then uh, Rondo is out six to eight weeks. And I know uh, Lakers fans everywhere are actually praising this as a blessing. It's like addition by subtraction. I don't necessarily agree, but. He broke his hand, right? I think it's his thumb. Oh, okay. He needed to get surgery on his thumb. And then uh, Russell Westbrook is one of the NBA players who tested positive for uh, COVID-19. I feel like every time we report somebody testing positive for COVID, we're just like just scoffing in the face of HIPAA. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And like, I, I'm just, I'm over it. I'm over the, the celebrities getting COVID. Okay, next. I'm just over celebrities in general, dog. If they die, then they then tell me. That's noteworthy news. Or if they're in critical condition, then I'll worry. But just him getting COVID, he's a superstar athlete with a superstar medical program behind him. He'll be fine. Yeah, I had zero concern for him. He's yeah, going to chill at home zero. for a little bit and then meet his team in Orlando. <laughs> he's going to play 2K. There's going to be a video posted about him logging on to 2K. And everyone's going to yeah. follow him around and he'll be fine. He's going to plug his products on Instagram and (laughs) still get paid. He'll be perfectly fine. He'll be fine. (laughs) So the Mets bid just got a little interesting today. Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) You seem grumpy about it. I'm like, why? I'm all for it. It's I mean, I I, I think so. What Jermaine is talking about is that A-Rod and J-Lo have already fronted a bid, have already been rebuffed by the Mets. So now they're trying to add more superstar power to try to get this bid to go through. Uh, so athletes headed by well, that basically they've added Brian Erlacher, Travis Kelsey, and Bradley Beal joining the bid to buy the Mets. There's also three other ones. Then three other ones that we don't. Demarco we don't Murray, Joe uh, Thomas, and Mason oh. Plumley. <laughs> wow, what Mason Plumley's going to kick in the two dollars <laughs> that he made during his NBA career? Really help him out, push him over the edge. <laughs> if you don't make more money than Mason Plumley, you shouldn't be scoffing at him. <laughs> by, by, well, right now is Mason Plumley still in the league? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure oh, he's okay. with. Uh, let's let's consult. Uh, <laughs> let's call it. Let's call it Portland. I believe that's who he plays for. So we'll see what happens um, here. Wow, Denver, I, I, Denver Nuggets. He plays for your team. And he you plays for my team. I don't even know him. What an asshole. <laughs> But anyway, like the Nets we just have, buried Mason Plumley for thirty <laughs> seconds. Bring hey, out just, the dead. Bring out just, the dead. <laughs> it's just a theme, right? It's a theme. Like we have to pick one barrier, one unnecessary burial on the podcast. Last week it was Rutgers, Rutgers and Mason Plumley, dog. Hey, I stand by those Rutgers comments. I mean, they're not a good football team. So, <laughs> like, so well, the thing that annoys me is that the Mets, I think, would be better with their. Uh, their potential buyer, uh, where it was Steve Cohen, well, right? Obviously, because Steve Cohen is a billionaire. 
And I think Steve Cohen, when the Mets need additional money to sign that big free agent, and Steve Cohen cares about baseball, cares about the New York Mets, and he can kick in that additional income when they need it. I I think he's a baseball fan. I don't know if he's a Mets fan. You'd have to ask him. Is anyone a Mets fan? Uh, Yes, my buddy. Shout out Ryan Murphy. He's a Mets and a Jets fan. And an Islanders. God, Lee. He didn't pick one good team out there. <laughs> no. He had Mets, options. Jets, Islanders. He had options. What and an NC State Wolfpack fan. Oh, that's a byproduct of a terrible life choice as an 18-year-old, yeah. though. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty much just continuing <laughs> on. But, yeah, I, I don't – I mean, I yeah, they join in a bid to, to join the Mets. I don't think it's going to be good for these athletes to, 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 to buy the Mets. I, I think Steve. I think Steve Cohen would be the better buy because he's a billionaire. But I'm all I mean. for it. I disagree with you. Pull your okay. money together. Let's get it. But what, uh, J- I mean, J Lo is what's her net worth? But I J-Lo, mean, but J Lo is a superstar. She's probably a 750 millionaire. But then again, I'll play devil's advocate and say billionaires have been buying the Mets for how long now? Owning and buying the Mets, the Mets for how long? So maybe it is time for a for a yeah. change of pace. Seriously. So we got we got news, Jermaine. We got news yesterday that the NHL plans to return uh, August first, and we finally got the announcement that everybody saw coming, which was that they're going to play in Toronto and Edmonton. Yeah, I mean nobody was stunned. That leaked probably about two weeks early. So between J Lo and A Rod, they're at seven fifty million just for the record. Yeah, and Steve Cohen has like four billion dollars. Yeah, but Steve Cohen ain't no. Uh, Hispanic gods, bro. Let's go. Woo! <laughs> fuck you, F- fuck you, A Rod. Don't try to convince me this whole grandpa act didn't fucking stop you from cheating and then denying it and getting the Yankees, <laughs> the Yankees to pay you like forty seven million dollars while you set out your suspension for steroids. Get the fuck out of here. The ultimate flex, dog. He was like, "You're still gonna pay me, but I won't play." Fuck you. This new generation is gonna be like Grandpa A Rod. So cool. I'm gonna be like, "Fuck Grandpa A Rod." because <laughs> i remember yeah. young a rod yeah a rod as a whole is terrible hey remember but, uh, hey, what are the odds remember what are the odds for uh nhl well so i so the, i was gonna say the latter host so edmonton will host the eastern conference western conference and stanley cup finals oh wow. so toronto so gets bodied out of the way in charge for edmonton alberta um the so one thing that one thing that interests me, Jermaine, while searching the unofficial uh, sportsbook of the podcast five times, was that although the Tampa Bay Lightning are the Stanley Cup favorites, which I was going in to make a bet on the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the Stanley Cup, they are the Stanley Cup favorites. However, the Boston Bruins, the current number one seed in the in the uh, Eastern Conference, are the Eastern Conference favorites, and. That, along with the Las Vegas Golden Knights as your Western Conference favorite, sets up the favored matchup of the Stanley Cup at plus 1,600 to 1 of Tampa Bay and Las Vegas. So I don't you, know if you can say that. Can you say, plus, can you say plus 1,600 to 1, or do you just say 160 to 1? I think you just say 160 to 1, or to be 16 to 1. I don't know. Plus 1,600 is what it was. Yeah, it's plus 1,600. Um, so if you, if you bet Tampa Bay and Las Vegas making it, it's plus 1600, plus 1600, but Boston is favored as the Eastern conference champions, which I don't understand. (laughs) Those odds makers, they'd like to keep us. They like to keep it tricky. Yeah. Five dimes likes to like to keep us, uh, 
likes to keep us. Well, we'll make toe. some predictions on that closer to it, and we'll release yeah, those for bets. Sure. Uh, we haven't really looked in it too much in depth, but uh, I'm probably obviously going to go with the Blackhawks. <laughs> plus, plus, I, I looked that up just for you. Them to win the Western Conference is plus 2,000. <laughs> I didn't even look at what their Stanley Cup was. <laughs> just to win the plus 2,000? I mean, yeah, I, could put a, I could put a 20 stack on that. Put What's a dollar on it. <laughs> What's the harm? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Oh, wow. Greg Olson. Greg Olson signed with Fox? Yeah, so Greg Olson uh, just announced today he signs a deal with Fox to broadcast on their network post-retirement. As you know, for the last two years, he's been doing kind of guest spots when the Panthers have a bye week. He's now on the Seahawks, obviously. But when the Panthers have a bye week, he's been coming on Fox and being like their color color analyst. Uh, so, yeah, he signed uh, post-retirement, which I think means that now Greg Olson has one year left to ball out. And then he's going to retire and go into Fox. No word on what the deal was yet. I, I didn't see any any announcement of of the deal. So if Greg Olson has one year, we should go ahead and sprinkle some money on Seahawks to win it all. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, no but I, maybe, but I just don't. I just don't want it to happen, dude. What's going on with Jadavion Clowney? Speaking I don't know Seahawks. I don't know why is does he not signed. Does nobody? He graded out of the out of Talking the Patriots are going to come in and sign him. God damn it! You see what you're doing, NFL? You need to scoop him up so Bill Belichick doesn't come in and buy him for a million dollars or whatever Bill Belichick does. Well, they're out of cap space, so they'd have to maybe give him not like twelve cents. Maybe <laughs> not. Bill Belichick is going to trade free agency for Jadavion Clowney. I, I I don't know what I don't know what's impossible for Bill Belichick anymore. Uh, dude, I mean, he flexed on everyone and said, "Here, I'll take Cam Newton." <laughs> oh, yeah. Some, somebody, somebody needs to get to JV on Clowney before the Patriots figure out a way to sign him. So the last rumor I read, and this is all rumor, is that he wanted to take a shorter deal to play for a team that had a chance at winning. Oh, and you mean like every player ever? Yeah. Oh, wow. He's he, real <laughs> oh, original, Jadavion. Wow. I can't believe and, that Jadavion wanted that. And the two people, the two people, the two names that popped up were Dallas and New Orleans. Okay, one of those has a shot. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> well, the, other, the other's well, going to go eight and eight, no matter what division they play in. We'll I'll, let, I'll let you figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll let the fans <laughs> yeah. figure that out. Yeah. Oh, man. Because you guys I, already know, you guys already know my prediction about one of the other teams. I said fourteen and two. You said sixteen and zero. But well, yeah, but then I I backed it up to fourteen and two. Fuck it, sixteen and zero. I just know one of them is going eight and eight because of the playoffs. <laughs> you you figure it out, America. So uh, at, they must have heard us trying to rename the Redskins last week because. Uh, they uh, had their press conference today, which was wildly uneventful. It told us everything we already knew. Uh, they agreed to retire the team name and logo and are looking at possible options. Yeah, this name is racist and yada, 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 and we're going to change it. And people went, really? You had, you had 73 years to tell us this? Yeah. Uh, however, you, didn't, you didn't show up with a team name? <laughs> however, yeah, we, we all here. However, shout out to Philip McCauley. Right, Jermaine? You don't a, know that. You don't know that. Brilliant name. son of a bitch, that guy. We didn't uh, know that name before today, but Philip McCauley is a real estate broker from Alexandria, Virginia. And on the 8th of July, 
literally trademarked every single Washington football name. I'll read a few off to you. The Red Wolves, the Tribe, the Red Tails, the Monuments, the Veterans, the Renegades, the Braves, the Red Tails, the Freedom Fighters, the Warhawks, the Radskins, the Red Tail Hawks, and the Potomacs, and the list goes on and on. He trademarked every possible name, and that is the one holdup the Washington Redskins say because this real estate broker just is about to break the bank. Doug, he should just swerve them, and they should just swerve them and go with the D.C. Generals, dude. That's, <laughs> just, that's not on the list. Just be like double birds, Stone Cold Steve Austin style. I, I did Click notice the beer cans together. I did notice that my two suggestions from last podcast are still on there. Oh, mine are still alive and kicking too, dude. The, the Hog Mollies and the Harambes. That's, that's right, yeah. But I, I do want to submit that the Bloodthirsty Savages was not on that list. So uh, I, Jermaine Clomendez, do not support that message. Or the Washington Firewaters. <laughs> Jesus, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right oh, all right jermaine so like i alluded to at the beginning of the podcast my wallet hurts my wallet is sad and lonely and except for that hundred dollars that you apple paid me it is empty for the because L of this weekend yeah because of the first fight on yas island ufc 251 jermaine what were you what, what were some of your thoughts oh man so <laughs> overall ufc 251 Overpromised and underdelivered. It was a uh, boo. This is the first pay per view that I've ever bought, Jermaine, in my in my life, not my adult life. It's the first pay per view I've ever bought of anything, like of, of anything, of, of anything? anything ever. Wow. I mean, well, I've normally gone to like Buffalo Wild Wings and watched it, but yeah, but you can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, M- yeah. Well, I I wasn't gonna ask Emma at ten o'clock at night to go to be like let's go to Buffalo Wild Wings so I can get drunk till one o'clock in the morning. Then you, <laughs> then you drive me home while I lose money. <laughs> while I lose our money. Yeah, I think that's a solid pitch, right? Husband yeah, of the year. I think so. Yeah. Husband. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, dude. So I mean, there was tons of low blows. There was eye pokes. One guy got kneed while he was while he had three points of contact to the ground. Oh, man, I couldn't believe what I saw in that fight. There was so much just chaos. And then the judges' decisions, again, just ravaged this card with some suspect, suspect choices. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, uh, the champs successfully defended. I mean, there champs was some, continued champing. There was some controversy, uh, as we'll, we'll get on to, but, uh, yeah, let's move on. What do, you, what do you got for me here on these? Well, so – uh, after after obviously the uh, Reboss and Van Zant fight, uh, in which Reboss showed Paige Van Zant what a professional uh, fighter looks like, uh, I considered in that because it was I think it was plus five seventy five, maybe plus six hundred at the start of the fight. I was like, ooh, maybe I should put a little bit of money on Van Zant. And then as soon as I finished thinking about that, she was armbarred and tapping out. So I was like, oh, that was that was a good not waste of money. Yeah, so um, I was I was live tweeting, and I think my exact live tweet for that one was, well, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was easy. So afterwards, uh, Dana White said she's a great fighter, but I think she should test free agency. Uh, so this, this is, is this the end of Paige Van Zandt's, uh, UFC career? 
Oh, yeah, it was absolutely. She was already talking about it leading into it. She was saying that she wanted to test free agency and she she can get the money that she felt she deserved elsewhere and that she was going to go ahead and exercise those options. Now, do I think she's going to get the money that she's looking for? No, I don't. Uh, I don't. I think she hasn't. she hasn't grown the way everyone has anticipated her growing. And based on some of her comments, she just didn't seem like her heart was really that much in it. Uh, Cause she's talking about how much money she makes on Instagram and this, that, and the other. And how she, like one of the comments was like, she would have given up training a while ago if it weren't for her probably now husband. Who's yeah, it is husband U- now. UFC fighter. And I'm like, well, you should not be entering an octagon and getting hit in the face then. <laughs> Just yeah, motivation on. goes away pretty quickly about getting hit in the face when you don't want to get hit in the face anymore. Yeah, but we spent enough time on that one. Van Zandt's done. Reboss looks promising. Uh, so we'll see where she goes from there. Yeah, so the, obviously you alluded to it, the two terrible decisions. Well, one one somewhat. Uh, the the Nami Yunus Andrajne fight is was... I don't know. I mean, you you can say that Nami Yunus got throttled in that last round, but someone could make the argument to me that that Thug Rose won the first two rounds. And yes, yeah, so uh, split decision was the right call for sure. I had a buddy say that he thought it was unanimous, and I was like, eh, no, that was a split decision fight. I felt like. Rose had the first seven minutes. She was the better fighter in the first seven minutes. And the final eight minutes of that fight, Andrade was the better fighter. Um, Rose's output is what won that fight. But uh, Andrade had the more powerful hits and the more damage given. Oh, and she, the way on the way Namagunas looked after the fight, looked after the fight, man. Oh, <laughs> I, so personally, I wouldn't have been shocked if Andrade would have gotten that decision, especially with the way the, the judges were just wilding all night. But uh, ultimately, I think the correct decision was uh, was put forth. It was a split decision for Rose. But if that fight had gone another two rounds, I, That's don't, what it I, is. Yeah. I don't think Rose I, – I actually think Andrade would have uh, probably cleaned up that fight pretty you said that. You said that. That's, that's one of the things. I mean th- – it, it needs to be a five round fight. That that one needs to be. Those are championship it, fighters, bro. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that it wasn't there wasn't even a question about adding two two more rounds is is, is you know I, I don't know how that's decided, but those are former champs. That was a championship fight you just saw, and you only gave us three Definitely. rounds, and yeah. they won fight of the night. Yeah. They they did win fight of the night. Oh shit. Oh, I'd have to double check that. I mean. So I so I'll move on. My fight of the night was Jan and Aldo just because, I mean, <laughs> what, did Henry, what did Henry Cejudo call Jan? <laughs> An ugly potato? <laughs> just because I, I, Jan should adopt that right now as his nickname, the ugly potato. That would be awesome. What a but that, great was my, that was my fight of the night. I mean, it, you know, Jose Aldo should have retired three years ago and still took this, still has been taking fights since then. And, well, and Jan 35. Which yeah, is really crazy to think he's gonna become a gatekeeper. Uh, he's still a talented fighter because he handled he acquitted himself rather nicely in the first three rounds, but the last yeah. two rounds, Jan really put it on him. Yeah. And- so my so my my thing is my a, a little bit of find him and cut him light. Um, we're not gonna add it in there, but a little bit of of just you know if you don't want as much find him and cut him, but you want s- still the same great taste, find him and cut him light. 
for me, would be the ref in that fight. I mean, Jan was beating Aldo so bad with those hammer fists and blood's gushing everywhere that he stopped at one point and looked at the ref. And he, was yeah. like, you, he was like, are you going to stop this? And the ref yeah. was like, and the ref just looked at him. He's like, okay, <laughs> like I'm going to keep beating this dude. I'm going to keep giving this dude brain injuries. And then, you know, probably 10 seconds later, 10 seconds later, or probably I think it five. Might have been, it was a little more than that, to be honest. Nigga, Aldo probably took about thirty seconds more punishment than he should have. But, but I'm like, glad. I'm glad that he let let him, you know, <laughs> essentially have a chance to do something if he wanted to. But Aldo was not having it. His uh, his his murder was televised on Saturday. Yeah, it exactly. Brutal. Yeah. So Rose and Andrade got fight of the night. The actual bonus. Huh. Uh, because it was a more back and fi- forth affair than Jan versus Aldo. And then the two guys that I thought should get the uh, performance bonus were Davy Grant and Jiri Prochka. And, yeah, that, uh, yeah that, was a, that was a prelim fight, right? Both those guys were prelim fights. They had KOs on the prelim card. One guy opened the, sh- the prelims and one guy closed the prelims with K- KOs. And they both got the... I just typically pick the unless it's like some staggering Masvidal knocks someone out in four seconds, then I usually pick the prelim fighters for the bonuses because they don't have as much money. Yeah. <laughs> so that's <sighs> I, I so you could argue that the Thug Rose and Andrade fight was was a little bit. I, I could be swayed about that. I cannot be swayed about the Holloway Volkanovski decision. Max Holloway came out of that came came into every round like he was a cannon and finished every round with just a flurry of of it it seemed like he didn't tire he was like the energizer bunny and every time volkanovsky would hit him he'd hit him twice that that's what that fight seemed like yeah um the fight's a lot closer than fan response will let it have uh max holloway is a big time fan favorite so i'm not shocked how everyone's reacting, but the fight's a lot closer than people are giving it credit for. Secondly, though, this fight was an exact inversion of the first fight, right? It was an exact inversion, right? Volkanovski owned like the first three rounds, the first fight. Max figured him out and started putting it on him, but Volkanovski, Volkanovski looked dominant that whole fight, so he won the belt. This second fight was the complete inversion, right? Max won the first three rounds easily, and he was putting it on him. He was dominant those first three rounds, and then Volkanovski turned it on the last two rounds and made it closer. But Max was still giving output, still fighting, and still looked good. And so if you picked Volkanovski in the first fight and you didn't pick Max in the in the second fight, shame on you because it was the same fight. It was the same fight. It should have been Holloway. Holloway should have been and new and uh, – Volkanovski dodged a bullet, uh, and it's um, and there's always just going to be this this sense of <laughs> is he really the champ? You know, uh, yeah. His next defense, is, you, people are going to it's going to be questionable. I guarantee you, the next person he fights, that person's probably even going to talk. I mean, if the person has personality, first of all, uh, it's probably going to talk trash about how you shouldn't even be the champ right now. I should be fighting Holloway, this, that, and the other. So, yeah. Um, we'll really see. So Max stuffed a ton of his takedowns. The takedowns he did get, he didn't do anything with. So I don't know how you could score those as points for him. And that, 
that's where I think that maybe the judge scored in his favor is because he had takedowns, but they weren't threatening. It was just a matter of him trying to change the pace, and Max just stood right up with no issues. Yeah. Um, and that, that was a bad luck for UFC. Dana White came out and said it. It's it's getting bad, dude. It's yeah, <laughs> it's getting it's, real bad. It's, it's bad. It's bad when the big dog comes out and says like that's a that's that's a terrible decision. For the last like twelve months, Dana White's been burying the judge. <laughs> he better well, he better find out some way to do it. Like and I just don't understand. So I know they have to work with the commissions, but why? I feel like we need to get like a com a f- combat sports federal commission because these state commissions are just clown shows. Yeah, clown shows. I I uh, my buddy sent me a fight from two forty seven, and it was uh oh man, it was Giles versus. Uh, now I can't remember his name. It's like Jack something. But the dudes, the dude, one of the judges got trained 10 years for Giles Cornerman and got a black belt from his coach who was in his corner. Hmm. And, and then, he voted for Jack. And he and no, no and he voted for Giles. Oh, darn. So the I never first, saw that coming. He, he scored the first round for Giles despite despite the other guy. Uh, having he had four minutes of back control and almost and almost submitted him twice he had a takedown and four minutes of back control and almost submitted him twice in the first round why did he have five minutes of back control (laughs) because there's only so much stuff (laughs) i i can see that judges thinking why didn't he have why didn't he just instantly get on his back and control him the whole round if he had that much if he had that much time was he just sitting on his back like Come on, dude, submit him already. <laughs> I'm I'm with this judge. Good call, judge. <laughs> All right, so that takes us to the 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 final fight of the night. Kamaro Usman, as I like to call him, Snoozman, and Jorge Masvidal coming in. Masvidal coming in on six days' notice. Literally, Corona test, plane, Corona test, fight. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he had to cut twenty pounds of weight. Yeah. So the fight went exactly like we predicted it was going to be, or the way we predicted Usman would win, which is Usman got the clench, landed a bunch of toe strikes, takedowns. I I say I, I say that this is a different fight if Masvidal has a camp, because Usman was trying to was Usman was was trying to. I, you could really see in the in the second round that fight kind of changed. Because Usman was trying to stand up and he was trying to slug with Masvidal. And he got hit a couple times and he was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. And Masvidal tied. Masvidal, even at, you know, you saw in the first, you know, 30 seconds of each round, he would hit Usman with some good bombs. But then he just got tired because he's on six days' notice with no camp and and exhausted from cutting 20 pounds. Yeah. Uh, It went exactly as I I said it would. I still bet Masvidal. Because what, what I'm a glutton for losing money, I guess I, I should have I should have put a thousand on Usman. I knew he was winning, and uh, and uh, it was as boring a fight as I anticipated. I don't want to hear Usman talk about how he doesn't have the fans' appreciation or the respect anymore because he doesn't go out there and give them what they want. He goes out there and wins in boring fashion. He's just like Tyron Woodley, and Tyron Woodley complained about the same shenanigans. Look, dude, fans pay money to be entertained. 
you won. Congratulations. You're the champ. You tied PS, you uh, tied uh, GSP's record. Um, but I don't want to hear anything from you anymore. You're fucking boring. Like yep. I, yep. Money was spent to watch you fight and you didn't entertain. You took him to the ground. Boom. That's awesome. I love to see takedowns. And, I love to see high level guard for two minutes and you didn't do anything. I love high-level grappling. I love threatening posture. I love when people are trying to do and go for things while just, they're on the ground. But just you just laid on top men of on sweaty men. Dude, he, he's like, it's like he trains with Daniel Cormier. <laughs> Daniel Cormier is the same way. And that's yeah, a load bear, on top of you, though. And not burying Daniel Cormier because he's boring as hell. That's why nobody likes him because you're a crybaby. So anyway, that brings us into fucking Miocic and Cormier. Miocic better fucking... Cormier better learn how to box because Step is coming in. Uh, yeah, so coming if, in the, swinging. If, the, if the fight goes long, Miocic wins. Yeah. I don't think it does. And I think Cormier is going to use a completely different strategy. He's not going to stand there and trade with him. And if he does, like that's what I want to see. More power to him. That's that's tight. And he can easily win that that way. But I think he's going to wrestle him to the ground, take down, he's going to lay on top of him, and he's going to deliver a snooze mom performance. He's going to capture the belt. And he's going to say that he's the best heavyweight. Nobody's going to believe it. And then he's going to fucking retire. I think they yeah. both retire. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. Obviously, I'm yeah. a fan of Cormier. 251. <laughs> so I, I didn't watch the prelims. I, and the final thing prelims that I'll say about good. Final thing that I'll say about 251 is it was a, it was a mistake buying the pay-per-view. Nothing. I, I wasn't entertained. I was playing on like I was playing on my phone. Most of it like. I would watch the first round and then I would just be like, ah, man, like, and just to keep, keep an eye on it. Like it it wasn't entertaining to me and it was a little bit of a disappointment, but we'll move on. Uh, yeah, that's all we got to say about that. Next. That's all we got to say about that. So the, uh, the game actually concluded about, uh, what less than, well, probably two hours ago at this point. Uh, and that was the man United game. Uh, they played Southampton, right? Yeah, today, yeah, they played Southampton. So they played Southampton. Uh, ended up giving it. Ended up giving it up uh, in the what was it, eighty first minute or something like that? Ninety seventh. Yeah, ninety seventh minute. So that's that's two two. So just to give you guys a quick rundown on the Premier League standings right now, obviously Liverpool and Man City have both clinched. They're one two. Chelsea is in third place with sixty points. Uh, Leicester City is in fourth place with 59 points. Man U is in fifth place, also with 59, but by the virtue of goal differential, uh, they're three goals behind Leicester. The Wolves are in sixth, and Sheffield United is in uh, is in seventh with 54 points. The Wolves have 55 points, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. Uh, big games I'm looking forward to, Jermaine. Obviously, two weekends from now, Chelsea is going to play Liverpool. That'll be a good one. That. I mean the way Chelsea's been playing. I, I don't. I don't think that game. I think that game's gonna be five nothing Liverpool. Yeah, I'm a Man U fan, so I will be cheering for Liverpool this week that weekend, and it's gonna hurt my soul. Every I don't know if, of it. I don't know if that's actually a weekend. Let me see. No, oh, that's yeah. a Wednesday. Yeah, so that's, that's a, a Wednesday. Wednesday. Fixture, that's yeah. a Wednesday preceding, I think, with a final match day, and I think one of the best match days in recent memory, the 26th of July, Man or uh, Leicester. Leicester and Man United and Chelsea and the Wolves on our final match day. I'm going to be watching both of those games. Uh, it, it should be a great day. It, it actually could end like like we talked about a while back. It could end that 
Leicester and Man U are playing now to decide who gets in the top four because Man City won their uh, won their appeal. So now they will be going to the Champions League next year. We'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. I have one bet that I almost made, Jermaine, today, but now it t- has turned into a "don't be swayed" bet. Okay. <laughs> so obviously, this last weekend, Sheffield United whooped, whooped. That's an that's an emphasis. Whooped Chelsea three yes. zero. At in at home though. Chelsea was away. So I thought, because looking at this, I thought, well, Sheffield United would be a great top six pick. Obviously, Five Dimes hasn't posted the odds after this last match. But Sheffield United has not won an away match since the restart in June, and two of their last three games are away. So stay away. But Jermaine, what is the motto of this podcast? Fade us. So I'm saying don't bet Sheffield United top six. You should probably bet Sheffield United top six because they're going to win all three of the games and finish it out. But that's all. That's all I got to say about EPL. I think that it's going to finish Chelsea and Man U. I don't think Leicester has shown the pedigree over the last couple of games since the restart to be able to beat the teams they need to beat. And I think I don't think that last match day, the twenty sixth, it's even going to matter for Man U. Oh, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um I have this dreadful feeling that Manu and uh, Leicester, Leicester, are gonna tie or Leicester. I think it's Leicester, but whatever. Uh, I think it's Leicester City. I'm obviously I don't know, so <laughs> I'd have to double check right now. But uh, Manu and Leicester City are gonna tie, and by virtue of goal differential, Manu is gonna get the fifth spot. Well, you better hope they they play Norwich City next week, right? Or is that Chelsea? Who do they who do they play next? Man U. Yeah. Or which? Uh, Man let, U. Me pull, let me pull it up for you real quick. So I, I mean, I I would love uh, and and then of course, obviously, we got to talk about they play Crystal Palace. Oh, they uh, Crystal Palace hasn't won a game since the restart, have they? They're like zero oh and six. <laughs> yeah. So Man U better put a better put a four piece on uh, on Crystal Palace. One hundred percent. It's it's in Old Trafford, right? Uh, no, that's a, that's at Crystal Palace. Yeah. Okay, so put a three piece, maybe. Yeah. So they actually looked not good today against Southampton. So that's why I wasn't encouraged. Pogba had a critical error that put us down one zero, uh, and then disappeared for the match. Uh, Bruno Fernandez disappeared for the match. Uh, Mason Greenwood disappeared for the match. And it was literally Martial and Rashford who were the only two that who were there who showed up to to do damage. But even Martial and Rashford had a few chances where they just didn't put it put it in the net and cost them the points. Well, what I've what what I've noticed is that these kind of weekday games they mess with players, right? They they mess they mess with guys um, heads, right? When it's not on a Sunday, a Saturday, or a Sunday or a Wednesday, right? Because you're used to playing on those days, they mess with dudes' heads, so. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we also started the same lineup for five straight matches, which is true. Kind of, kind of a no go. But anyways, that's enough about strategy, yeah, yeah. tactics, and performance. We'll move on you, to the NBA. You you have some you have some questions slash concerns uh, regarding the NBA bubble and the NBA restart. Yeah, so it's just there. This is such an interesting little setup that they've got, and I don't think I've ever seen anything before, and. 
you know, sleep routines are always talked about huge for the NBA because they have to get on planes, try to sleep, touch down, drive to the hotel, try to sleep, and then play a game the next day. So now that's kind of all out the window. There's no travel. There's none of that. You're all at the same place already. Everyone's going straight back to their room, showering, bed, or probably not straight to bed. But, you know, now you're sleeping for a, a guaranteed set of hours. You're going to have practices and stuff. But uh, it's just kind of an interesting thought that I'm, I'm going to be following, see how that impacts anything. Uh, no family and no fans. So there's no energy to feed off of, and there's no support system. Uh, yeah, pos- positive, positive or negative. Yeah. Yeah. And so – that one could really be a toss-up. No fans could be good for some players and then bad for some players. Maybe some players really thrive with no with no fa- fans or stink when they're playing in front of people. But who is? But but pressure. what? But, but what fans are there for Russell Westbrook to to accuse and get thrown out of the stadium? <laughs> well, I mean, they really did say those things, so they should have been tossed, but. True, yeah, but right. if I can Russell body Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Russell Westbrook can't yell at any of the fans anymore. That's true. <laughs> that's right. That's a big part of his game. And then the other thing that's kind of an interesting uh, that you and I don't necessarily – we're not sure how big home court is any longer because of the advancements in human performance. But Yeah, for sure. There's essentially no home court. Everyone's playing on these same courts. Everyone's practicing on the same rim, same courts, same facilities. So – even that's out of the window. So you don't have that luxury because, you know, playoff atmospheres are special Yeah, for all sports. So you're not going to have that anymore. And those are just some of the thoughts that I was thinking about when I was sitting there and analyzing, like how this restarts really going to impact some people. It should be pretty interesting. It's almost like (laughs) watching high school teams that are very good playing (laughs) in their gyms, you know? Yeah, like a bus ride away or whatever. But that's right. It's just like my mom and my buddy's mom chanting the whole time. That's right. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with everything you said. It'll be interesting to see how sleep routines impact. Obviously, each of these NBA stars has like their own setup in their house and, and hyperbaric chambers and, and sleep pods and stuff like that that obviously they don't have in in uh, in in Orlando. My my thing that I've also I've seen J.R. Smith and I've seen John Morant post about this, like the Kraft Velveeta mac and cheese or the Velveeta mac and cheese. My concern would be about nutrition and not nutrition pregame or nutrition. But like if you're back at your hotel room and normally you're back at your pad or you're back at your house, right? And you have a chef or you have some team nutritionist that says, hey, eat this and stock your fridge with this. There's none of that really at the Walt Disney World Resort. So maybe that's also going to be something that impacts a lot of players is post-game nutrition, right? Or, or you know, day-off yeah, so, nutrition. So Jay Williams said it best. Uh, NBA players need to stop complaining about this. Uh, <laughs> he, he, had a, he had a great rant on it, but the food that's being brought to their room right now is not the food they're going to be eating for the next three or so months. They are in quarantine right now. So this food is being brought to them. So they're preparing all this stuff there. Nobody's going to the restaurants that they have there. They don't have that stuff. So this is just snacks and things that are being brought to them. Yeah. Like, so get over it. You're going to quarantine for a little bit and then food is going to come. And I bet the main meals that you guys have are not bad either. And if you guys are so athletic, you're going to eat that Kraft mac and cheese and you're going to burn it off in about two seconds. That's the other thing. Like, 
Uh, two NBA players. Uh, the only one I recall off the top of my head right now, Rashawn Holmes, uh, but there was another one. Uh, left like the quarantine bubble, right? So they broke quarantine. The other one was a Houston Rockets player. They broke quarantine, so now they have to quarantine for eight days further. And I think both of them did it accidentally because they didn't know they were supposed to cross this this specific line or something to grab food. So they're still getting food delivered to them. Yeah. So, so it's like, shut up. You're still getting whatever Uber Eats you want brought to you. So uh, suck it up, big boy. You're getting paid yeah. millions of dollars. There's people with no jobs. Just like yeah. Day Williams said, like people don't have jobs right now. Yeah, and you're like, like, damn, I got Velveeta. I like craft. <laughs> like the eviction rates are about to skyrocket because of the lack of jobs. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, no, it's got to be the blue box instead yeah. of Velveeta. <laughs> Like, I like now. the big shells. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's so I, I agree with everything you said. We're, we're, we'll just have to wait and see those. Those will be some interesting things to look at. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So we'll move on to uh, find them and cut them. Everyone's favorite segment. So we, we, we alluded at it a little bit, Jermaine. We alluded at it a little bit earlier. Manchester, or uh, yeah, Manchester City obviously won their appeal, won their decision. Uh, to be reinstated for next year. And let me just say, Jermaine, what the fuck is going on with the EPL, with the UEFA? You and I both don't believe in coincidence. So let me say this for Feynman and Cut him. EPL, UEFA, I bet that Saudi oil money must feel nice. Hopefully that buys you something new, something nice for your family, because there's no way that Man City should have won this appeal. A- absolutely zero. Right, and I, I know you. I, I'm not going to steal your thunder about the financial fair play. So take it away. T- talk about fucking. No, I mean you could have kept going, dude. I'm, it's, 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 it's it's the death of the financial fair play. You guys instituted this so teams can't just buy and buy and buy the Real Madrid, the Barcelona, the Man Cities, the the Chelseas, were the teams that were notorious for starting off the season in the red. And then using the season's ticket sales and gate receipts and, ma- and and getting paid for the matches and getting paid for their competitions and stuff to get back in the red just to spend it all in the summer transfer window. Now, now you've just basically said, ah, we don't really care that much. You just have to say you're sorry and pay us under the table with your with your freaking with your bribes, right? But FIFA's never taken bribes before, have they? Uh, yeah, you, UEFA and FIFA have doubled down as notoriously corrupt uh, business models, and they love their bribes in those in those businesses. And it's very apparent that Man City had to grease some wheels because about two weeks ago, Pep was like, "I have so much confidence in this getting overturned," and it seemed outlandish at the time that he would say that. And now you look at it, it's like, "Oh, he got overturned." Not only did he get it overturned. The fine of 39 million euros got knocked down to 10 million. So they can't even raise the fine. They can't, they can't even do the good thing and like, yeah, okay, we let you in, but we're going to raise the fine. And you know why? You know why? Because they covered that. They covered the fine in their in their bribe. They're like, yeah, here, just 100. That they knocked off the 29 million they used to bribe them. It was, it was a pay. And so pay for play. And uh, and now they've already announced that. Pep has like 185 million euros to spend in this transfer window. 
<laughs> Man City learned nothing. They absolutely they, nothing. So RIP the financial fair play rule. That's it. Small club teams have no shot. Leicester, Leicester or Leicester City. I keep Leicester. up that name. <laughs> Leicester uh, City was the last like great run we're gonna see where they shouldn't have won the title. Uh, and I've actually, I actually asked the question. I was just like, when does the Super League start? When yeah, does exactly. the UEFA Champions League become its own league, and just the notorious top clubs join it? Like when does that happen? Because it's it's not fair anymore. PSG got a slap on the wrist in 2018. If that, I think they didn't even get anything. Yeah. And now, so UEFA didn't punish PSG then. Now they gave two years, and they can't get the two years to stick. Yeah, it's, or it's even over. the fine, or even the fine. It's over. It doesn't matter now. Listen, now these big clubs are afraid of nothing. Now they're going to buy people up. Listen, guys. I you know this is I I'm a I'm a Bayern Munich fan. But Bayern Munich every year starts in the black, never goes in the red, and ends in the black. And I'd have to look at it, but they have not gone a year where they have not made it to the at least the quarterfinals of the Champions League. It is possible to buy players within your operating budget. It's called saving, right? Save 10% of your paycheck, right? Doesn't everybody say that? Save money. Buy, if Bayern can do it and be successful and hire the best talent in Europe and win their division and win their Super Cup and, and compete for the Champions League, then gosh dang it, Man City can do it. And Chelsea can do it. And that's, that's, all, that's, that's all I'm going to say about it. Moving on. All right. We'll move on to find him and cut him now. <laughs> oh, that, no, that, was, that was find him and cut him. Find no. him and cut him part one. Find and cut. EPL, UEFA, FIFA, all football governing associations. Cut. Yeah. And then we'll just, we'll just end with this real quick. Uh, Tyreek Hill's cornerback career is over. over before it started one play (laughs) it's been fined and cut he got mossed by a high school kid who jumped out the building he was shorter than Tyreek Hill he he hasn't landed you know that right (laughs) they're looking for him (laughs) they're looking for him he just after that ball after he caught that ball he just drifted up like a balloon from a little kid's hand dude was shorter than Tyreek Hill and that's saying something because Tyreek Hill's not that tall, and he's no speedy. No word yet on whether Alabama's offered him yet. <laughs> Nick Saban's in route. He's on his private jet right now with his Coca Cola bo- bottle facing the camera. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick Saban saw that and said, "Get me on a plane right now." <laughs> oh, right. I don't care about COVID. All right, give him the trivia answer. All right, so we asked you earlier in the uh, show, what team has the most consecutive Champions League group appearances and how many? I also said triple bonus question. Name to me the year that it started and the year that it ended. Mr. Jermaine, do you have a guess? You, your guess was Manchester United. That is not correct. Also, you said it's not Bayern, which is correct. <laughs> which, which is correct. It is not Bayern. It is actually Real Madrid. Real Madrid has a string of 23 consecutive Champions League group appearances spanning from 1997 until the present. 23 straight? 23 straight group appearances. God, Lee, those fans are so spoiled. That means there are 23-year-old Real Madrid fans running around who don't know what Champions League. Like, they, they don't know what Europa is. They don't know what 
It's 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 the same exact. It's Alabama on a global scale, right? There's kids that have been born, grew up, and are now attending the University of Alabama that don't know Alabama is a terrible football team. <laughs> we remember. That we wild. We Big Twelvers remember. Yeah, we Big Twelvers remember. <laughs> we remember before you split our division like little freaking. Like little bitches, Texas A&M is an SEC team. Come back home, baby. Dude, they really should. Imagine Jimbo Fisher in the Big 12. Yes, I can. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. I miss playing A&M. I hate A&M, but I miss playing them. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 100%. That's so dumb. I mean, they could keep Arkansas and Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah, they, they can keep Missouri. But like, let's bring back Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas A and M. Should have never left. A and M. Texas, really... Texas, Texas Tech. Let's let's bring it all back. Well, it's it's I it, I admit it all the time. It's the Longhorns' fault. Like if it, if they just said the Big Twelve Network presented by the Texas University of Texas or something, fine. You can have your name up there because you think you're so important that nobody else matters in your division, but. It's their fault. ESPN, it's your fault, too, because you backed the Longhorn Network, which is now failing. You f- yeah. gosh damn clowns. Wow. Well, are they are they not good at football like they used to be back in the 90s? No, it's just nobody wants to watch 24 hours of the University of Texas, <laughs> dog. Like, not even me. And I love <laughs> the Longhorn. <laughs> That's right. Like, and bring back Nebraska and Colorado while we're at it. I don't want Nebraska playing in the Big Ten anymore and Colorado playing in the Pac-12. Conference realignment. Bring back the Big 12. We've got the answer. Realignment. Bring back the Big East and the Big 12. I don't want to hear any bones about it either. When we're starting the campaign today on this podcast, can't guard Mike should be a 99 overall in Madden. That's right. And also, find him and cut him to Madden. You're going to end Madden 20 with Mike Thomas as a 99 and then not make him a member of the 99 club? That's crazy. Baby, what is you doing? So everyone's upset about Deshaun Watson being an 86 overall, as they should be, first of all. But they were consistent. He was 82 to start the season last year. He finished at 86, and they kept him at 86 because no football has been played. <laughs> so they're crazy, though. Deshaun Watson's like yeah. the fourth best quarterback. He's the third best quarterback in the league right now. So it's, it's insane. Billy, yeah. Billy, Billy O'Brien, I know you listen to this podcast. Get my man's some blockers so that he can go from an 86 to what he rightfully deserves, which is like a 94. Yeah, at least 94. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so so like I said, guys, obviously, this is the first episode of trying out the, the two a week. We're going to post. Let me try this again, Jermaine. So we're going to record on Mondays and Thursdays for a post on Tuesdays and Fridays. So let us know what you guys think. Uh, obviously... Uh, shout us out on social media. Jermaine did an awesome job of live tweeting the UFC prelims and the fights. Um, so like those, follow those, retweet those. Obviously, everything we do today, we're going to be putting out uh, the MLB season win totals that we talked about last episode. So like those, share those. Let us know if what we got wrong, what we got right, what we're idiots about, what we need to, what we didn't include. Everything, everything. Interaction. We love doing. Jermaine and I love doing this. That's why we were able to switch to two times a week because we love providing this. We love talking about it. I mean, if we weren't talking about it and it being recorded, we'd be talking about it on the phone anyway. So we figured, why not record it? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. With that being said, follow us at Podcast Room Three Hundred Three on Twitter and Instagram. 
Um, that's all we got. Late. I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.